With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning. It is Tuesday morning. We are working on the book Promote Yourself. And we are talking about chapter Man and Money. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good, thank you. Yeah. Good, good. Good morning. You all, my my are favorite you all, morning. Oh, yeah. Are you all blissed out? Um. Uh, actually, I just was able to get some sleep the last two nights, so I'm blissed out from sleep. <laughs> Yay, sleep. We love sleep. Did not get enough of it. So, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good. Plugging right along here. Plugging right along. It's been, you know, I not that I just doing the same stuff, you know, uh studying Wallace Waddles and working on my website. Yesterday I put on the movie The Secret. While I was in my studio, I haven't watched that movie in years. Yeah, me either. How was it? I actually, I really enjoyed it. I, I only got okay. about halfway through. I um, but it's kind of like you know um, when you we've been studying those concepts from different angles. Mm-hmm. And so things 
popped out at me that I didn't necessarily notice before. So, uh, nice. yeah, it was, it was good. And I, I just put it on in the background in my studio, and I'll finish watching it again. Actually, really, really liked it. Yeah, I actually looked it up the other day, and I thought, I need to watch it again. And then I was, I don't know, I was off getting off to the retreat or something, and ended up not doing it because I was whatever I was. So I appreciate you sharing that because, yeah, I thought that I wondered if I would find it different or deeper or something now that we've been studying these principles for a little while. So good to know. And I know Amanda's on retreat this week, so I'm not sure if she's going to be able to be on the call today or not. Um, don't know. She didn't say she wouldn't, but um, not sure. Yeah, glad to be home in my own my own little place. Not not sharing a house with six other people, five other people, I guess. Total six of us. Oh, <coughs> sorry. Sorry, I was trying to hold it away from you so I wasn't coughing in your ear. Do you have allergies or are you getting over something? Um, I'm not getting over something, actually. I was fine until just right this moment. So who knows? Uh, I don't know why I'm hacking and coughing. Um Oh, it tickled me. Maybe I just drank my coffee down the wrong tube. Maybe <laughs> it was just snarking my coffee down the wrong pipe. So, Snark away, okay. my friend. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's my first cup of coffee today, so starting late on the coffee. Oh my goodness! Wow. So, I know. I know. Just now, giving myself coffee. Well, I was up. I got up at like <coughs> four. I was up for a couple of hours, and then I just chose to go back to sleep for a little while instead of trying to you know, just get up and get rolling. And just, I was so tired yesterday when I got home. So, or Sunday when I got home, and I was just struggling all day yesterday, being overtired. So, uh. I could do myself a bigger favor by just sleeping in a little bit this morning and then have more energy to do things today and get the rest of my day dealt with. So I'm glad I did. Oh, good. You're lucky you could get back to sleep. Yeah, a lot of times I can't, So, but I did for probably maybe an hour and a half or something. So I was very grateful. Very grateful. So, 
Well, I made it through the 10 days. I didn't kill anybody. So that's always success. Made it out of the group experience without, you know, maiming myself or anyone else. So go me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is no way I could do that. I, I just, I really don't think I could do that. Well, I so had my own room, so thank oh, you. you. Yeah, I had. I did. Yeah, I had my own room. I didn't have to share a room. So there were two of us that had, three of us that, um, well, two of us in the building we were in had our own rooms, and then and then there were two other bedrooms where people shared. So, yeah, I was really glad I had my own room. Otherwise, I would have been, you know, would have been too much. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. Oh, and the facilitator and I didn't um, hit this. It's not that we didn't get along. It's um, okay. So we talked about astro- shamanic astrology when we were there. That was a part of what we talked about. You know, mm-hmm. and kind of about the different personalities of the different astrological signs, right? And so, <clears throat> so like, um, so like, I'll give an example, like of me as a, because she was saying, like, you know, with Scorpio, Scorpios know the score, like they know what the hell is going on, and so they can look at a situation and go, uh, yeah, no. And they're really laser sharp. And she basically, her description of it is they cut through all the bullshit. And right. so, you know, I said, yeah, it's like for me, if I'm with a group of friends and, and you know, somebody says, oh, you know, or if, I, if I'm with somebody and they say something about someone else and say, oh, yeah, they're, you know, that was so nice of them or they're really nice when it's, in fact, somebody who isn't nice or wasn't doing it for a nice reason. And, like, if it's one of my really close friends, I'll say, no, they're not. Uh-huh. You know, like to kind of snap my friend out of believing the lie that they're believing. So I'll be like, no, they're not. They're not nice. And um, <laughs> and so the lady looked at me and she goes, yeah, like that. And, um, you know, because she and I were having a conversation about it. And so the thing is, is I had her number and she didn't like it. So because she was, she wasn't as. She wasn't exactly as she was portraying herself to me. So, um, and I got her, you know, and I, I got her number right away. And I was like, mm, okay. And um, and also, I'm just not in the frame of mind of like kind of looking up to people or bowing down to people at this point. I've done that with enough people, workshop leaders and, you know, facilitators or whatever it is in the past, they did enough of that stuff. And it, I, it always ended up as a crash and burn situation for me. So mm-hmm. it isn't good. It isn't good when I put separation between me and another person, even in that way where they're elevated. And so I don't think she liked the fact that I wasn't kind of like bowing down to her, so to speak. So she and I had an interesting week. And, um, you know, finally at one point in the week, because she did this one thing where, like, every morning we had to, like, she, like, said, okay, well, let's form, you know, let's get into circle. And the way we got into circle was we all circled up and held hands, and then she put on music, and we stood there holding hands, swaying to music, which to me was, like, 
basically another version of circling up and singing Kumbaya, which is my big joke. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not circling. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get in a circle, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Like that ain't my thing. And so, um, you know, and so it kind of became the running joke because every time she'd say, okay, let's circle up. And I'd be like, Oh, for fuck's sake. And we did it every single morning. And so, you know, so there was a, an apprentice, uh, facilitator there and so we got up to circle one morning and she and I you know both were like kind of dragging our feet getting up and she looked at me and I looked at her and I go you know what I'm kind of over the circle like uh, I'm I'm effing over it and she just burst out laughing so we got in the circle and she said something about you know Cheryl's having a tantrum about having to you know circle up which is true I mean it was a playful tantrum but nonetheless it's not like it was a secret. I mean, I was honest about the fact that I didn't dig the, I didn't dig the holding hands and swaying thing, you know, it was not my jam. And so um, anyway, so it became like this big, so on a particular day, like maybe seven days in, it became kind of a thing where we were all joking and laughing and having fun with it. And, you know, everybody was teasing me about it. But at the moment, everybody was teasing me about it. We were already circled up and holding hands and listening to music and so the facilitator was annoyed that we were not listening to all of the lyrics of the song because that was her thing is we're holding hands in the circle because, you know, the song lyrics are meaningful. And so we're supposed to just stand there and listen to all the lyrics of the song. I mean, it was uber controlling. And so <clears throat> anyways, everybody was joking. And so I, I, she actually came to me energetic. Like she actually had a conversation with me, like, like an ESP conversation with me. And she actually came to me like, I'm not kidding you, energetically, and said, um, this is my group, and you're stealing my power. <laughs> Stop dis- she did. Stop disempowering me. I'm requesting you stand down. And I was like, what the? And so I was like, I'll honor your request. Like in my head, you know, like back to her. And so I talked to somebody about uh, another gal. There was another gal there that was 37 years sober. And so I have my little AA community right there at the retreat. You know, God definitely does take care of us. And so I pulled her aside the night after that happened. And I go, dude, I have to say this to somebody because I feel like a crazy person. And so I told her and she goes, oh, no, it's totally true. Because she was the other one that was like really, you know, being playful in the group. She goes, oh, no, I got the same thing. She said my message was basically, shut up. And I was, like, oh, I was like, really? And she goes, oh, very clear. I got the message. Shut up, stop disrupting my group. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. And right after she told me that energetically, then she said it aloud. Let's stop playing around. Let's listen to the music. It's important. And so I was like, okay. So I kind of had a week of that kind of stuff so like she'd sit next to me at the lunch table and then turn her chair so that it even though we were sitting like shoulder to shoulder down the side of you know the table she'd turn her chair so that her back was to me it was a fascinating little it was interesting to watch the whole the dynamics of it and so I actually found it in the past I would have been super hurt but at this phase in my life I, I found it entertaining and we talked about Debbie Ford's shadow work and so I just got to honor that, you know, that's the way her shadow was, shadow work was showing up. Like that's the way her projection was showing up, you know, is the, the way her shadow was showing up is that she was, she was trying to quiet me 
And so the way that she was doing that was by basically constantly turning away from me Uh and, you know, not interacting with me, not, you know, just basically kind of ignoring that I was there to a great extent, Um, which is a fascinating thing because, you know, my old story is that, you know, I'm second best. And so, but I didn't feel that way at the, at the retreat. I didn't feel that way. I actually just felt like I was standing on the outside watching somebody else have their issue. Uh And I didn't have to take it personal because I was so clear that shit was not about me. It was so not about me. At one point at the kitchen table, when she turned her back to me, another gal was sitting across the table and she looked at me and she kind of gave me this look and her eyes got really big. And she's like, what the hell? And I was like, I don't know. I just like shrugged my shoulders and she's like, and she said something to me later. She goes, seriously, dude, what was that? And I go, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's whatever. You know, it's, it's not about me. And I'm not taking it on. I'm not, I'm not going to take it on. So, you know, it was, a, it was a fascinating journey. And I was proud of myself for just being able to not um, chase after her or you know, try and make things right or get her to see me or whatever because that's my old pattern and I just didn't want to do any of that. I thought it isn't worth it to me. I'm not. And then at some point I looked at her and I was like, during the day her, her eyes look one way and then it, towards the evenings they look another way and it finally occurred to me, oh, she's getting high. Okay. That explains everything. <laughs> the, te- yeah. the teacher. The teacher? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think she oh, was. Oh, great. Yeah, great. I think she was. I think she was probably, you know, when, the, when we would do evening things where it was kind of like a little bit more social and not really workshoppy. Yeah, a couple times. Because I, I looked at her a few times and I was like, is she high? And then uh-huh. I was like, and I was like, no, that couldn't be. And then on like the second to the last day, I was like, oh, she's totally high. And so I was like, okay, you know what? It's that explains the whole dealio and she, you know I, I'm not holding it against her if she's not an addict and doesn't have a problem with it it's her choice to do whatever she's doing you know but I'm glad I didn't make myself crazy about it all week so yeah it was an interesting so I don't know for sure that she was but intuitively I was like oh she's getting loaded okay got it so um so it was fascinating, but I, I actually really enjoyed the other ladies. I mean, the exercises were interesting and, you know, and I really enjoyed the other the other ladies. So, um, for that reason, I was glad I went. Well, good. That's great. I was just about to ask you if there was, any redeeming qualities about the whole thing. Oh yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it was, it was also just a good journey for me to um, honestly just own my own power in the midst of it all. And particularly in a setting like that, where there's somebody who's kind of set themselves up as kind of like, you know, and she even referred to herself as a high priestess and I'm like, whatever. You know, because there were other people there that also had certifications and they weren't, they weren't using their, you know, they weren't discussing their title, let's just say. So, um, but then we did do this one thing, which was like spiritual Jumanji, 
Um, have you ever heard of a game called the Satori game? S A T O R I. I have, but I I know nothing about it. But it rings. Oh a bell. my god! Yeah. Oh my god! That's all I can say. Oh my god! I'm getting one of those games. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, it, it's like I don't even. Yeah. I, mm. I, I don't even. It's like some kind of hocus pocus game. Like it's really good. It you know it basically is set up so that you can see your own greatest spiritual struggles, and then you have to keep going back and forth around this board game, and then you pick up cards that kind of actually give you the somewhat give you the medicine that you need. I don't know how to describe it. It's not really describable, but anyways, it's I'm going to get the game, and uh, I'll have to I'll have to figure out a way to describe it, and I'll tell you about it some other time. So, yeah, it's cray-cray. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad there were some redeeming qualities. That sounds a little annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I got got a lot out of it. And, um, you know, I'd love to do something like it again with a different facilitator, Um, you know, one that I felt, because I, I couldn't, I really couldn't give myself all the way over to it because I was like, yeah, I don't trust this. So because mm-hmm. I didn't trust her, because I didn't trust her, I think the experience for me, um, you know, I, I kept my own counsel on some things and I just wasn't, I wasn't as all in um, mm-hmm. as I would be in another circumstance with another facilitator. So it was, it was good to see all that and um glad that I was just able to hold space for myself and give myself what I needed and let her be who she was going to be. So, so yeah, glad to be home <laughs> in, my, in my little abode. So and I did not read this chapter until this morning, actually. So. I felt like I was a little bit behind with not really having settled into it. I like to read it earlier, you know, mm-hmm. early in early in our week that we're doing that chapter, and then I read it, you know, again later in the week. So I didn't do that this week, so I just got done reading it before our call. I'm trying to find it. I've been I've been quick. I have the Wallace. Waddle's Master Collection, 84 rare books. Mm-hmm. And when I opened this morning, I'm way in the middle of something. <laughs> um, I have, you know, it's interesting. After I brought up uh, Earl Nightingale, I never went back to it. I really wanted to read it and study it, but I, every time I went to do my morning reading, I was drawn back to Wallace Waddles. So I started looking through all the other articles that are in this big master collection. And uh, and I actually went back and I, uh, when I, when I have to drive somewhere, I put on one of the recordings. Mm-hmm. And what I've been listening to this week are the four chapters of the original work that we were uh, studying. Yeah. 
And that took on a whole new fresh bent after not listening to it for a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm going through that book with somebody right now. And, yeah, it's it's actually nice to be able to put these two, the, the, the books together, like The Science of Getting Rich with the Promote Yourself and Making the Man Who Can. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting, or I guess not uh, whatever the other book is. Yeah. I know, it gives it a different life, doesn't it? Yeah, so that that's really neat. Nice. Hang on one quick second here. Yep, no problem. Sorry. I had to scold the cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which consists of yelling into the other room. Hey, get that out. Not in a mean way. He just wants to play. But he goes yeah. he goes to the other end of the house, and he starts to um, do this. <laughs> <laughs> he starts batting at the, at the blind. Yeah, he's he trying to get your attention. Oh, yeah, he knows. This will get her. <laughs> this will get her. Oh, pretty funny. Oh, there's two bunnies out in the backyard. Oh, they're so cute. They're looking, t- they're both looking toward the window. Like, what was that noise? They must have heard Aww. me slapping the, me and the wildlife up here. Meow. Oh, goodness gracious. So, um, the chapter, the chapter. Talk that builds. Mm. Uh oh, I did man and money because we skipped it last week because we didn't have the call last week. Oh yeah, okay. So I did man and money. I didn't do talk that builds. I mean, I can I can flex if we just want to jump to talk that builds. No, 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 no. no. I'm just refilling my coffee. No, we can go back to that one. I don't want to skip anything. We might miss just we might miss just the thing. Just the thing we need. <laughs> just the thing we need. Oh, oh my gosh. I swear, it's like having a perpetual toddler. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I've never had a toddler, but I've been around toddlers enough to know. I love him, but he's always under my feet. Meow. Meow. My sisters were here. We went for a, a birthday lunch. Uh-huh. And before she before they left, one of my sisters said, Hey, um, let me I gotta I gotta pee, let me run in the house. And so we waited for her and she came out. She's like Your cat is very friendly. He went to the bathroom with me. 
<laughs> if you leave the door open, he'll wander in and look up at you while you're sitting on the toilet. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that's cute. Yeah, he's a good boy. Okay. Well, I have a lot highlighted in Chapter 8 in Man and Money. Yeah. And I I remember when I read this, I remember thinking um, how a lot of these principles seem to be woven into another big book. Does that strike you as when you're reading it? Um, That a lot of these principles seem familiar from another big book. Oh, yeah. Being of service to other people. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where I picked this up because I did. I jumped around in my reading a lot this week. Um, you know, praying, oh, what I want for myself, I want for all. And yeah. to pray for other people to receive what I want for myself. Yeah, I had that written down for myself, the God bless them prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, you know, there a lot of similarity. I mean, I was, when I read it, I thought, yeah, there's not much in here that's controversial. Mm-hmm. No, at least based on the way of life that, you know, we've been walking along for a little while now. So, yeah, what I want for myself, I want for all. And I love how it says um, to get out of, you know, one lift oneself entirely out of the competitive thought. What I want for myself, I want for all. That is the declaration of independence aimed at the competitive system. I was like, whoa, I haven't had it underlined from last time, but I didn't remember that, like I didn't have, you know, I don't know, there's something about the fact that it calls it the Declaration of Independence. I was like, whoa, okay, that's pretty, pretty clear there. Oh. Well, actually, that's a little um, counterintuitive to me. Because a declaration, well, no, I, I get, I get it. Okay. Declaration of independence. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. but I think that given the time that it was written, uh, I mean, in our day-to-day life, we don't talk a lot about the declaration of independence. Yeah, and it's saying the Declaration of Independence aimed at the competitive system. So it's it's how we declare independence from the competitive system. Yeah. Yeah, which I really liked. And then it talks about the... Um, God, the mind of nature, produces the abundance of nature with the purpose of providing, this is the very first sentence in the chapter, God, the mind of nature, 
produces the abundance of nature with the purpose of providing for the development of man, not of some men, but of man. Mm. The purpose of nature is the continuous advancement of life. And as man is the embodiment of God in the highest form of life, the purpose of nature must be the continuous advancement of every man into more abundant life. So, and I like the fact that it just gives the definition right there that God is the mind of nature, basically. Which makes sense, but I like the fact that it's declared because a little bit later on, it talks about to be, like on the next page, to be mentally one with the mind of things makes you able to register your thoughts on that mind and your desires as well. When you desire a thing, and your mind and the mind in and your mind and the mind of things are one, that thing will desire you and will move toward you. If you desire dollars and your mind is one with the mind that pervades dollars and all things else, dollars will, will be permeated with the desire to come to you, and they will move toward you, impelled by the eternal power which makes for more abundant life. I read that this morning and I was like, Mm -hmm. to obtain what you want, you only need to establish your own at one mint with the mind of things and they will be drawn toward you. But the primary purpose of the mind of things is the continuous advancement of all into more abundant life. Therefore, nothing will be taken away from any man or woman and given to you unless you give to that person more in the way of life than you take away. Which, you know, that's the thing that, you know, the original book talks about giving more in use value than in the cash value. Mm-hmm. It will be plainly seen that the divine mind cannot be brought into action in the field of pure, com- purely competitive business. God cannot be divided against himself. I mean, that was like, when I read that this morning, I was like, wow, that's deep. God cannot be divided against himself. He cannot be made to take from one and give to another. He will not decrease one man's opportunity to advance in life in order to increase another man's opportunity to advance in life. He is no respecter of persons and has no favorites. He is equally in all, equally for all, and at the service of all alike. I'm back. Sorry, I I disconnected. Oh. made it back. I'm here. You're here. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. Uh, what no problem. Oh, I like this part where it says, God cannot be divided against himself. He cannot be made to take from one and give to another. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Goodness, it's not that kind of a God. No, I'm glad it's a different kind of God than that. 
is that I mean that raises the question, which actually it might not be even useful to uh it's useful to me, I'll say. I wonder what is it in human beings that uh, creates this idea of like of the necessity for competition. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. And I wonder if it's always been that way. You know, like, I don't know, in the hunting and gathering times, were they competing then? What introduced competition into the collective psyche? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what the what what it was that introduced, collection, you know, competition in. I, I don't know, was it, I mean... No idea. I, it has to, it must have something to do with survival of the fittest. Yeah, perhaps so. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I'm just grateful that we have a way to view it, you know, so, so that I have a way to work on my own competitive nature. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because I'm an I'm an exceedingly competitive person. Like I know that about myself, but not like. But I don't feel like I'm competitive at the expense of others. I'm not trying to figure out how can I have so they can not have. I'm just really competitive and like always wanting to do my best. And like even when I go racing, you know, I want to do better and better and better and better. So, but I don't want to do better so that other people aren't doing better. I just want to be doing better so that I'm always improving. And so, you know, it's an interesting, you know, the competition thing is an interesting thing for me. You know, I don't want to win so other people can lose. I just want to do better. I'm I'm competitive in that I want to succeed at the things that I'm doing. And so, uh-huh. you know, a better time on the track means, you know, that I'm improving skills or if if my times are... You know, my times are getting closer to the fast times of other people. Then it means I'm closing the gap, you know, from where I started with not having talent to where I am now, which is improved talent. So for me, it's not to do it to beat others. It's to do it to get closer to the pinnacle of the thing. So, and I always share, if I figure out something on the track, I always share it with other people. Like, hey, just FYI, it's slippery here, it's this there, it's that there. I mean, and we all do that. Well, I shouldn't say we all do. Most of us do that. Mm-hmm. Most of us share that, share that stuff with each other. Because we all want to do our best, but we want to do our best on our best day when other people are having their best day too. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I'm just grateful that I have a way to school my own. <laughs> so, I'm afraid I have no thoughts on that topic, Ellen. I just don't know. I'm totally clueless as to where that came from or why we have it. I'm sure somebody would give us some biblical answer about sin or something like that. I don't know, but not me. <laughs> but... Um, I don't live in that spot, so I can't really answer from that perspective. So, Poor Eve getting blamed for everything. Poor Eve, the original scapegoat. (sighs) (laughs) 
And I also yeah. like this, this, right? I mean, if you think about it. I don't know it, why. I just pictured Eve with a Me Too t-shirt on. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, that's classic. Mm. Okay. And then I also like this, uh, well, on the page, I'm, it's the last paragraph on my page, but it says, the value of a thing to a man is determined by the plane of life on which he stands. What is of no value on one plane or in one stage of his development is indispensable on another plane or in another stage. Which I have found that to be so true. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I sit in a meeting and I'll hear somebody say something and, and I just think to myself, man, you say that same thing all the time. And I never have any use for the thing that they're saying, but they say it all the time, whatever the phrase yeah. is. And then a day comes when something happens and I'm like, oh, that's what they meant by that. And then uh-huh. suddenly this thing that I had no relationship with becomes like uber meaningful. Because now I have a way to apply it to something specifically in my life. And so when I read this part, I was thinking about that. Like at different phases of my development, I've been in different spaces. And and I feel like I'm in a phase of shedding a bunch of things right now. So, you know, I feel like I'm in a, a phase of releasing that which no longer serves. So... Yeah, uh, that this was one of my favorite of everything that I read. This was one of my that was one of my very favorite sections because I was like, it's so well said. My dad, my dad has a really funny little sentence that he says that basically means the same thing. I mean, it's a version of it's like an offshoot of this. And he said, where you stand on an issue depends on where you sit. And I was like, that's deep, Dad. Like that's deep. And he's like, yeah, I mean, depending on where you're sitting, you know, it's going to determine where you stand on an issue. It's like, yeah. And he, ha- he has a genius for taking something and distilling it to just a singular sentence or phrase that has, you know. I mean, the first few times I've heard him, heard him say things, I'm like, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's this other phrase. He says, um, Uh, competence always recognizes incompetence and incompetence never recognizes competence and views it as and views it as ego instead that's so true right do you think about that so true right so somebody who's really competent yes people view them as being boastful or egomaniacal or whatever you know and they're not. They're just competent at what they're doing, and they know what they know. And so incompetence mislabels it. And so they don't recognize that they're looking at competence, and they just look at it as boastfulness or something like that. But competence <laughs> always recognizes incompetence. Yeah. Right? It's profound, right? <laughs> I actually just had an experience with that at a meeting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um Yeah, I, I, we, it's a, it's a, a, 
a step study and we go around and we share on the step we just read in the 12 and 12 and you know I have a lot of well-formed ideas I've been a, a student of that material for a long time very, yeah. I mean you, you can imagine I'm I'm very you, you know me I'm very studious as you are I, I I've formed some deeper thoughts other than you know beyond just what the words say on the page so when I share, my sharing reflects that. And somebody, the person who shared after me, that we were talking about, um, you know, uh, shortcomings or character defects, and the person shared about arrogance, and I knew she was directing it at me. And I mm. thought, oh, that's so interesting that she took what I said that I'm being arrogant. And she's mm-hmm. trying to be all fly about it, but I, I know that. And I know this person, she's actually a really lovely person, but I know that, and I, I didn't, it didn't hurt my feelings. I actually really like this person, but um, yeah, so it just was a very interesting thing. I actually thought, well, I wonder if there was a way I could have delivered what I said that, you know, would come off less arrogant and more, um you know, just trying to share my experience, strength, and hope. Do you think but, you were arrogant when um, you said it? I well, here I'll t- I'll t- I don't know if I was arrogant, but I I when I share on <clears throat> on the steps and usually, and I know in that instance, I was sharing it from a place deep in my gut of of I know what I know and a lot of experience behind what I was sharing. And yeah. so I had a high level of certainty about what I was saying. Yeah. I suspect I, you weren't I suspect you were not arrogant in what you shared. I suspect it was not said in an arrogant way. That's why I was asking you that question because I almost want to support you to not you know, not back away from when you're standing and knowing what you know. That's why I asked the question. I know, and you're so great at always doing that. I appreciate it. Because you're smart as a whip, and it's okay to be smart as a whip, even if it Thank makes you. other people uncomfortable. Yeah, even Thank if it makes other people so uncomfortable. Much. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. You know, yeah. Tony Robbins talks a lot about um, people have different needs for certainty. Some people don't have a high need for certainty. And it can, you know, wane, but it's one of the big needs that we have as human beings, a certain level of certainty. And I have always had a very high need for certainty. And I know why. It has to do with the way that I was raised and being the youngest. And, you know, people, when you have a whole crew of people, I mean, there were, I'm one of seven. So a lot of the times people would just tell me any old thing just to get me to shut up. Yep. Right. But, I, you know, I was always so inquisitive and analytical. I had a I'm like, I would always analyze, like, is that true? Is what they're telling me true? And because they would tell me things that weren't necessarily true to affect my behavior, I developed this hyper need for certainty about, you know, what, what people are telling me. Mm-hmm. And I love to read and analyze and get at the truth and. So I, 
Yeah, that's a very, that's such an interesting point. And when I share, I don't share at other people. I always talk, and I, I, that's the one thing I'll take away from it, to make sure that I'm peppering my language with things like, um, it's been my experience that. So I, you know, remind myself, I'm talking about me and my life experience. I'm not telling anyone else what they should do or how, what they should think. But you're right. I, I know what I know based on my life experience. That's mm-hmm. just a fact, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. just a fact? Yeah, you're just, you're, you can stand in the authority of what works for you in your life. I mean, and how you work the steps and what the steps mean to you and how you've been able to use them in your life. Mm. And, you know... I mean, I because I, I had a similar thing at a meeting where you know that there's a there's a guy at one of the meetings that I go to, and I actually quite like the guy, but he's a Bible thumper, and he thumps it in meetings, you know, hey. he thumps the Bible in meetings, and so when I share, I just share the polarity, you know, I talk about the fact that you know, and he and the way that he shares is if you want to know God, you have to read the Bible. You know, that's where you find God. You're not going to find God in an AA meeting, you know. And, I mean, he's, he's a lot of you, 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 you. And so I, when I share, when, when he gets on one of those rants, you know, for me, that's an outside issue. That's where he found God. That's where he found how to define God and where he found meaning with the things with God. But my experience is different. And so I just share, you know, the thing that I love about AA is that, you know, it's a God of my understanding, and I get to choose that for myself, you know. And I found God in the AA meeting, and it's where I still find God. And it's where I got, you know, and I'm not someone that goes to church, never have had, been a member of a church, and I'm okay with that. And I do find God in AA meetings. And, you know, and we talked about something once everybody was up in arms about something that happened in a meeting that was a different meeting than, the, than our meeting, and so everybody came into our meeting to debrief, and they're contaminating our meeting with that stuff, you know. <laughs> and so I just wanted to be a part of the solution. And so I said, you know, for me, it's been important to understand, you know, because it was somebody who came in off the street. They didn't even know if it was a, if the guy was an alcoholic or not. And he starts talking about Jesus. And, you know, he saw the window, and he saw Jesus through the window, and he just wanted to come in and share the message. And, well, that's fine. But the old-timers at that other meeting told the person they you know that it was it was an AA meeting and it was the God of our understanding and you know and that it wasn't you know that it wasn't going to be defined by you know that it wasn't you know about the Bible or about a religious God it was about spiritual God you know and a God of our understanding so a bunch of people took on bridge to that you know and so they came in our meeting and complained about it and you know, and so they were all railing in our meeting. And it was just, it was basically, you know, the 12 by 12 talks about the difference between an elder statesman and a bleeding deacon, you know. And everybody was just in there, you know, basically being bleeding deacons. And so, you know, and so when it was my turn to share because we were sharing on that specific topic, I said, you know, it's just been important for me to understand, you know, the role that I want to play in the program and, you know, if I want to be, you know, and I can, I, I have choices. You know, I have choices about being an elder statesman or a bleeding deacon. And, you know, I want to embody, you know, 
my elder statesman myth, and I can't always get there. But if I'm not thinking about it or directing my thoughts in that way or reading those sections, then, you know, it kind of, it's easy for me to get off track. And so for me, it's just about, you know, where, how, how do I want to show up in a meeting? Because I cannot control everything that happens in every single meeting. I can't. That, you know, I'll make mm-hmm. myself crazy if I do that. I can show up at business meetings and be a part of the group conscience. And I can do those things. And so I was just, you know, and, you know, and so I've had the bleeding deacon elder statesman stuff of the 12 by 12 crammed down my throat for bringing that up. But it's because everybody was talking about a shit ton of outside issues that had nothing to do with the meeting that I was in. You know, I wasn't at that meeting that night. That was something to be dealt with in that other meeting, in their business mm-hmm. meeting, not to come mm-hmm. into our other meeting and dump all of it there and everybody, you know, and then turn our meeting into a train wreck, you know. And so I was just like, you know, I just wanted to refer back to the principles of the program. And, you know, so I just grabbed that section out of the 12 by 12 and read it and, you know, and so – and. And I've, that guy that's always the Bible thumper in the meeting, he, you know, he's shared, he shared a few times now. And every time he, he shares at me about the elder statesman bleeding deacon thing, I don't give a fuck about elder statesman bleeding deacon. You know, there's right and wrong. Thinking to myself, yeah. And you talking about the Bible in an AA meeting is fucking wrong. But I don't say that to you, you know. So it's something we can, you know, because we've talked about it in the meetings. We talked about the principles of the program. We talked about the traditions. And it doesn't mean that people are going to stop doing that. But one of his friends actually talked to me and said, hey, I'm wondering if I can get some experience, strength, and hope for an old-timer. And so I said, oh, well, I said, we'll see. It depends on what it is. And so he told me he's really struggling, that he's good friends with the guy, but he's really struggling. And so I said, look, it's about principles before personalities and what's the principle at work. And it's a tradition issue. You know, and what I was taught is I share about my experience, strength, and hope. I don't share from a you, you, you. I share from a I, I, I. And, you know, and so if you're a friend and you feel compelled to say something, you know, you can talk about the traditions, talk about what principle is at work. And, you know, and we can only share our experience, strength, and hope from our perspective. We can't tell someone else the God that they're supposed to have. That's an outside issue, and it's a God of our understanding, which is, you know, in the steps. So, and he's like, yeah, it's a good point. It's principles. And I was like, yeah, don't, it's not a personality thing. It's a principle thing. And that's the part to focus on. So, yeah, it's, you know, we're all, we all there for a reason. <laughs> we all have our stuff, so. I suspect you shared from a place of your own personal experience, strength, and hope, and in a powerful way. And sometimes that makes people uncomfortable, Ellen. And we don't have, <laughs> yeah. and we don't have to get small because they're uncomfortable. Like that's been my life's journey. So for whatever that's worth, we don't Thank have to you. get small because somebody else is uncomfortable. Yeah. I appreciate so. it. And, and it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it freaks her out. She's earlier in sobriety, maybe five or six years. And so I, I remember at that stage I was figuring things out. But, you know, you fast forward 20 years and you gain some certainty. I mean, if, if you've been working, you know, the program, fast forward 20 years and you, you have some certainty about how things have worked in your own life. 
I think that yeah. was what she wasn't taking into account, that it's like, you just want to say, just wait. <laughs> you know, hopefully you'll have some certainty around how this stuff works too. Um, yeah. While I'm thinking about it, can I, um, what was your dad's quote? I want to make a note of it. Something about environment. Um, which which one? Uh, where you stand on an issue depends on where you sit? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And his first name is Gordon, so if you want to write whose line it is, that's... that's Gordon. Um, yeah. And can, can I put his last name? If I, I mean, sure. if I end up quoting it somewhere? Yeah. It's Mick Gilton, M.C., uh-huh. Capital G I L T O N. Ah, the McGiltons. Yes, that's the old maiden name. <laughs> I'm my mom was an O'Brien. Oh, really? Uh huh. A good old Irish girl. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, we stop mouse. Us Irish girls. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. We're a fiery lot. <laughs> ding ding ding! Survey says number one answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also like this other. Um, there's this the sentence in this chapter. It says, "No good thing will be withheld from you." Yeah. Like boom, it's in there just by itself. Yeah. Your unity with the evolutionary power, with the purpose of nature, will be such that you will receive all that nature has to give. Because you will do always the will of God. All things are yours, and you need to compete with no one. And then this one is like a boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka one. But you must bear in mind that your wants are impressed on the divine mind only by your faith. A doubt cuts the connection. Anxiety and fear cut the connection. Exactly as you are in the matter of impressing your own subconscious mind, so you are in the matter of impressing the mind of things. Your affirmations fall flat unless they are made with the dynamic power of absolute faith. The mind of things will not act positively for doubt and hesitancy. And man, I'm telling you, this has been up for me. That mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. This stuff has been up for me over the past few weeks. Like, okay. All right, so I was glad to read that because I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like that's, so I'm just going to have to, I'm going to choose to keep referring back to that one section right there. No good thing will be withheld from you. And I wrote down here on the bottom, pray for God to help me grow past the fear and doubt and have faith he will help me. Like, not like I already don't have faith, but I would like to grow it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I wrote that for myself. And then I, and then the next section is where I wrote, you know, the God bless them prayer. 
because in the next page, there's two sections in there. We cannot walk and work with God and distrust him at the same time, <laughs> which I've tried to do that, and they're right. It's not a very successful formula. Uh, if, if you feel distress, you impress the mind of things with distrust of you, and things will move away from you rather than toward you. Hello. The requirements for non-competitive success are very simple. First, desire for everybody what you desire for yourself. And be sure to take nothing from anybody without giving a full equivalent in life. And the more you give, the better for you. Pray for unfaltering faith to the Father that it shall come to you and thank him in every prayer from a heart full of gratitude that it does come to you. Everything that comes to you then will mean more life to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, first desire for everybody, what you desire for yourself. As soon as I got that, I got hit with, oh, there's a couple people I need to do the God bless them prayer for. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, boom. Yeah, there's a couple people, you have some residual stuff in there, you better start God blessing them. So that was a good, like, little, all right, all right, I hear you, God. (laughs) (laughs) Each gain will make, each gain you make will add to the wealth of someone else. What you get for yourself, dash life, you get for all. Your success adds to the life, health, wealth, and happiness of all. And I love this part where it talks about competition. But someone says, wherein does this differ from competition after all? Are you not still competing with those in the same line of business? No. What you gain will not come from the limited supply for which others are struggling, but from the whole, with a capital W. So I'm not com- oh, even I in the marketplace. Like yeah, isn't that good? Even in the marketplace yeah. where I'm doing the same thing as somebody else and still not in competition with them, I'm moving from a place of understanding that there is an unlimited supply from the whole, and I don't have to fight with somebody else for some limited supply. Like, that's huge, right? Because it's so easy to get into that place of, you know, being in competition on the human plane or on the business plane. And so this is telling me how I cannot do that is to know that everything comes from the whole, not from fighting over the pie, but from the whole constantly expanding the pie. The mind of things reaches beyond the coined cash into the gold and silver lying in the hearts of the hills, and it will all begin to move forward when it is called for by the prayer of faith. God, isn't that beautiful? Lying in the hearts of the hills. He has some beautiful turns of phrase. Yeah, that that is beautiful. There is plenty of work to be done in the erection of useful and beautiful things. All that is needed is a demand for those things by those whose sole purpose it is to use them to give them to give more life to all. As the number of such people increases, 
the prosperity of all will increase, and a constantly increasing proportion of all classes will come into the truth, abandoning competition and the way of the limited supply until the kingdom will be established on earth as it is in heaven. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more crying, neither shall there be any more pain, and there shall be no night there. Whoa. That is some deep stuff. It's beautiful. Yes. So there's gold and silver in them that are hills. (laughs) (laughs) just saying my stars yup that's big 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 chapter right there I guess I'm not sure. Are we moving on to talk that builds now? Or were we pushing that back a week? I wasn't really clear because we were kind of skipping up. Let's just do talk that builds next week. Next week? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's there's, these books are so good. Time is right for them. Time is right for them in our lives. The group is is ready for them. So, is everything okay? Alpha, all right in your world? Yeah. Yep. Everything else is is good. Um, yeah. Except, I mean, I'm a little stressed. I'm I'm not quite done with my taxes. I have plenty of time to finish what needs to be done. But it, it, it's always a little bit of a um, a bother until that completed yeah I'm not done either that's one of the things I'm doing today is I'm gonna the stuff I have to finish I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it so I can just get it behind me because it's the same for me I'm just more relaxed when it's done so the the other thing that's a little bugging me is uh, um, I, I don't know if you know about uh where I live I live in a guest cottage on a, a big piece of land, and uh, about a year after I moved in here, uh, the guy put the place on the market to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. Yep. And uh, it's a uh, apparently he's had a hard time selling it. It's a pretty expensive piece of property. Yeah. And uh, so there, it, it's been relatively quiet here, but they. They texted me and said they're going to have an open house this weekend, which is uh, always an annoyance to me. But yeah. I mean, luckily we've been through enough of them that um, I mean, I can push back on them and just, I mean, there's no need for a bunch of random strangers to come through my place. So, I mean, they can come and look at the main house and, um, you know, and look at the grounds, but I, I don't need strangers coming through my house. So, but the you know the the real estate person, you no, know, she's not the sharpest uh, 
person. Mm. She's better now than she was, but um, so she just sends me a text saying, we're, oh, you know, we're having a an open house this weekend, and they're doing it Saturday and Sunday. So, um, you know, but she doesn't say specifically, you know. So I, it, and it puts me in the position of having to, you know, communicate with her and say, okay, so Andrea, that means that, you know, you're you're not expecting to come in my place, right? So. Just not clear. She's not the most. Um, I don't. I, I don't. I think she could be handling it better. She's just sort of undeveloped. That's the word. <laughs> yeah. You know, she could. She could communicate more clearly. What I would have liked. What I would have preferred is if she would say. Um, you know, don't worry, we don't expect to come in your place. But, you know, she makes me clarify with her instead of being really clear and respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. When they just could, to communicate in a different way. And I had like four times this weekend where I said something. And I was clear with what I said and somebody said, no, it's this. And I go, yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> like, that's literally what I just said. Oh, you did? So I was just chuckling to myself. I'm like, wow, what is going on with my communication? Because I literally just said that. And they said, no. So I thought it was fascinating. So I was just kind of watching the whole cocktail of things go on. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, we all have different communication styles and uh, I like things to be clear too. I like, no, I'm I'm, I'm like you, there's a certain amount of, like I'm, I can be kind of free-spirited and stuff, but there is also a certain amount of certainty I like. Like there's yeah. clarity, I, you know, I, I like clarity. I heard, a, I heard a quote once that clarity repels drama. And I thought, man, that is like some of the three most powerful words I've ever heard. And not not a truer thing could be said. Like yeah. so much drama is reduced if things are just clear. Because then everybody right. knows what to expect. You know, or at least you're you're clear on what the intention is. And then if things go wrong, at least we start out with some clarity. So we have less things we're trying to manage. So, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. At the, the uh, plans of others when the plans are vague is tough. So, <clears throat> so if it sells, you yeah. might have to move. Pardon? If it sells, you might have to move, depending on what the new owners would want. Yeah. 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 But um, you know, I my intuition has been serving me really well. I mean, the house has been on the market um, more than a year. Yeah, it actually, it's been on the market a year and a half. And wow, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's not that that doesn't um, that doesn't foretell what's going to happen to me, but. 
um, I've just been really getting, staying in touch with my intuition about the situation. And, you know, I, I've been pretty comfortable just taking it a day at a time. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I didn't freak out when he told me. You know, I just, and this group actually helped me a lot. So I've just been visualizing the outcome that I would like. Mm. And not getting ahead of myself. I mean, I, I would like to stay here. And it's a, it's a very private part of, I mean, it's super private, so even if they moved into the main house, it would be, uh, you know, you don't have to interact on a daily basis. It's so, I mean, ideally it would be a, uh, someone buying it as a an investment property. And then yeah. they, would want, they would want to have someone in the cottage. Yeah, to kind of keep an eye on things, and so there would be somebody coming and going. Mhm. Yeah. I really enjoyed living here. It's been such a blessing. Really, really great place. And I've been praying for God's will. So, uh, you know, I had a couple of uh, difficult situations uh, on my way to finding this place. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's actually reminding me I need to do some prayer around it. Yeah. Well, I will hold space with you for the best possible outcome for all. Thank you. I I can use some uh, energetic backup. I really appreciate that. You got it. You know, I was uh, I I had this therapist, and uh, I just went a couple times for a couple brush brush up sessions, and um, I told her about this situation and um I swear I like I I stopped seeing her because the first thing she would ask when I mean I'd come and sit down and she'd be like so how's your living situation and I'm like um it's fine um I and and so my way of uh dealing with it is to just not overreact and to take things one day at a time and you know, not not get ahead of myself because if there's a 50-50 chance that I could stay here, right? Yeah. I mean, and I, you're accepting the fact that, you know, whatever happens, you'll make a decision at that time. Yeah, but God, she was annoying me. She just <laughs> wanted to get... 
you know, the first thing she's like, let's like, let's like pick this scab open, you know, I'm sorry for yeah. the disgusting analogy, but I, it wasn't. Um, and I think that's a lot of therapy, you know, likes to find the problem and then analyze it to death, which is useful in some situations. But in this situation, I already had my mind settled around it that, well, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm here now. Um, and I'm, you know, there's a 50-50 chance that I could stay here. We just don't know what's going to happen. And until I know who buys the place, you know, then, then I'll start to, you know, problem solve, but I don't really know what I'm dealing with until then. And I, I made the decision that it's, it's worth it to stay here, even with the uncertainty, you know, of, you know, who the new owner is going to be, what that situation is going to be like, because I live on this piece of property and by myself, nobody, nobody lives in the main house. And it's just been really ideal. Yeah, so you're making the decision from a place of power, not weakness. You're aware of all the facts and you're choosing to, you know, stay the course until you get new information and either you'll have to move or you won't. What if you don't? Like then you're still in this beautiful idyllic place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really wonderful. And there's every bit as much chance that I would get to stay than I would have to move. So there's no reason... To, there's no reason to overreact about it. I'm using it, using the resource for what it is while I've got it. Yeah. So, my I think my my ideal outcome. My little mind says that I'd like somebody to buy the house maybe as a vacation home or, uh, you know, maybe some old people would move in as a retirement and I could help them out if they need help, that they have a good tenant on the property. I think that'd be good. I have really fallen in love with it here. It is absolutely lovely and beautiful. So does anything pop into your mind with regard to what we study that... um, I could reinforce my hopes. Mostly I was just thinking about, you know, basically the highest good for all, right? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, be be in the highest vibration about your living environment as possible. You know, just in terms of knowing that God is taking care of you and your living environment, whatever that's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, just that, you know, that thing we read about, 
you know, the fear and anxiety, you know, doubt, fear, and anxiety are not the kind of prayers we want to be saying. I don't want to be saying a prayer of doubt. So, and it sounds like that's what you've been doing is being in a higher frequency on it, just, you know, knowing that you're there for now and, you know, it's not like it got sold out from underneath you, you know, immediately. And so you've got your eyes open about all of it and you're just holding that higher frequency. So I think you're already pretty spiritually minded about it, which is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That means the world to me. That absolutely means the world to me. Go you. That's what I say. Go you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't pay to it doesn't pay to overreact. And and I'll say this, um, even though I know the universe is listening, <laughs> but I'm just gonna say this. Um, in a way, I kind of think. I mean, and this is probably me striving for an even um, better state of mind over it. But I, I always try to see, you know, how the situation is actually benefiting me. And yeah. I think that this uncertainty being introduced uh, has actually made me more focused on utilizing what I've got. You know, when you mm. when you know that right when you know that something you may lose something. You know, it might not be forever. You know, and I've always known it probably wouldn't be forever, but sometimes it makes you, it makes me, um, you know, work harder to make the best use of it mm-hmm. while I've got it. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. I'm not going to let it get me down. Good. Yeah. <laughs> there will be no freaking out. <laughs> Sounds like there isn't any need. I mean, it's been on the market for a year and a half, so, you know. When something different needs to happen, you'll get notified. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're the best. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad I have the time to actually um, chat with you about it. You're the perfect person with the perfect mindset to talk to you about that. Yeah, not everybody understands being able to surrender things and, you know, it's, yeah. My life does not make sense on paper to a lot of people, and I know that. So, <laughs> so okay. Everybody's doing what they need to do. Everybody's doing themselves. So, anything uh, else? Uh, anything else with you that you wanted to talk about? No. No, I think I'm pretty good. I'm gonna. Go to my noontime meeting and then come back here and work on paperwork. I'm going to listen to them sing on the voice and work on my tax paperwork. (laughs) 
Oh, did so. you uh, record last night's show? I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, a lot so. of good, a lot of good performances. Oh, boy. okay, good. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna put that on in the background while I'm, you know, entering things into my spreadsheet. So because it's pretty, you know, it's not difficult work. It's pretty mindless work. It's just typing stuff on the spreadsheet so I can just easily go to the accountant with a spreadsheet that has everything on it. So nice. It easy. Nice. So yeah, I put together the format a few years ago. So now all I have to do is just get the take the, you know the receipts and put them on there and then, you know, I just can total up all the columns and I'm done. So trying to make it easier on myself since I just like doing that. Well, let me not even say that. Trying to make it easier on myself to do that, which is underdeveloped in me. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Tax preparation is an underdeveloped muscle for me. So. It sounds nice, like a, you're you're so, you're such a high achiever. You've got an Excel spreadsheet and <laughs> a whole system developed, and yet you say it's undeveloped. I think that's pretty high de- highly developed, actually. <laughs> Emotionally, it's very underdeveloped. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, it's the inner resistance to I don't like doing it, you know, having a tantrum. Uh-huh. I don't like it. You know, my five-year-old, mm-hmm. she doesn't like it. She doesn't want to do taxes. No. <laughs> she wants to eat ice cream and go for a swim. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be your reward, right, when you're done. Yes. We'll give her a treat when it's all over. So, all right, well, I'm going to bug out and go to my noontime meeting and try and get spiritual. We'll see how I all do. Right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. All right Sounds sweetie. good. Great, great talking to you. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.